a little song I wrote You might want to sing it note for note Don't worry Be happy In every life we have some trouble But when you worry you make it double Don't worry Be happy Don't worry, be happy now It would be really nice if all it took to get over your worry was that song. Now, some of you are already over it. That's all it took this morning. But wouldn't it be nice if, if you could just listen to that song and Bobby McFerrin, just as happy as he can be, floating around, snapping his fingers, telling you, don't worry, just be happy. I mean, that would be incredible. I wish that that's all it took. But the truth is that what we worry about isn't always that simple. It's not always that easy. Some of the things, sure. Eh, you know what? Not a big deal. Don't sweat the small stuff. And as the subtitle says, and it's all small stuff. Well, that's not exactly true. Sometimes it's big stuff. Sometimes it really does matter. Sometimes it's not something you can say, eh, don't worry, just be happy. It's interesting to me that, that we, even though most of us here, many of us in our society claim to trust an all-powerful, all-sufficient, all-knowing God, we are often a group of floor pacers, hand ringers, nail biters, ceiling starers, and worry warts. Now, I know nobody here is like that, because we obviously have a perfect, perfect church, right? We don't worry about anything. But some people out there need to hear this sermon, right? Isn't it interesting how we can claim to trust God, who we say is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-sufficient, and yet wring our hands and bite our nails and stay up all night staring at the ceiling and pace the floor in worry? Those two things, just so you know, don't go together. They don't. They are incongruent. They are incompatible. They are not meant to be together. And yet, that's life, isn't it? That's where we live. That's our reality. Some of us have it bad. Some of us really need help. And I don't mean help just in the psychological sense, you need help. I really mean some of us this morning need real help that no song could possibly provide. We need a long-term solution to this very deep problem that many of us have, the deep problem of anxiety and worry. Songs won't do it. I can tell you a vacation to Disney World won't do it. Sometimes only adds to it. I'm alive, but barely. Vacations won't do it. Getting new stuff won't do it. You know, we just find a simple solution. That's not going to work. We'll find the solution to our anxiety and to our worry, this deep problem, this long-term solution, only addressed as we turn to the infallible word of that all-knowing God. So I want you to turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Different ways you can get to the scripture this morning. You've got a little handout there in your bulletin. It's got the scripture listed on it. If you've got a copy of the Bible with you, go ahead and turn to Philippians. It starts with a PH. It's over in the New Testament. You can also scan the little code that's at the bottom of that outline. and In your smartphone or tablet, it will open up a link that will have the Scripture there as well. But however you can, go ahead and get there. And I want to look at this Scripture together 
this morning. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. I'll be honest with you, this is one of the scriptures that I memorized when I was a kid. This is one that, that I could quote uh, maybe a little bit from the King James, a lot from the NIV, and, and, and some from the New American Standard. It's one that, that my parents told me a lot. I learned a lot at church, and, and, uh, and yet, I'll be honest with you, it's not one that I really enjoy reading because it addresses so much of my failure. I'll be quite honest. It addresses so much of what I need to work on. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. Here's what it says uh, in the Holman version. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Some, some say the, the peace of God, which surpasses or, or passes all understanding. That's another way that it's rendered. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now that seems really, really simple. Almost simplistic. Almost insulting. I have to admit to you. Until you consider the author and his circumstances. The Apostle Paul wrote this letter and included these verses in his letter to the church at Philippi. They became known to us as the Philippian church. He was writing to them in response to a gift that they had sent him. And they found out that ten years after he started their church, he was in trouble. He was in, uh, in a very difficult situation on house arrest, lacking money, not knowing his future. And so they sent him a gift. And in response to the gift, he wrote a letter. They'd inquired, Paul, how you doing? How's everything going? Can we help you in any way? They sent him some money. And so in response to that, he wrote this letter. And he tells them, I'm doing okay. Thank you for your gift. And let me give you some stuff along the way. What you consider in this context is that everything for him is up in the air. Everything for him is unsettled. And the future for him is anything but secure. Nothing as far as humanly speaking, we would say, is going right for him. And yet he's the guy who says, don't worry about anything. I don't know about you, but that becomes much more powerful. It takes on a whole new language. It's not a guy singing a song and just kind of bouncing around saying, don't worry, be happy. This is a guy on house arrest who doesn't know what his future holds, and he tells another group of people, don't worry about anything. If anybody had reason to worry and be anxious and be concerned and, and stay up late at night wringing his hands and staring at the ceiling and biting his nails and pacing the floor... It was Paul, and yet he's the guy who says, don't worry about anything. I think there's something we should listen to when somebody like that writes something like this. Don't worry about anything. I, like, I really like what the original order of things in the actual Greek version puts it this way. The order is, in nothing, be anxious. Now, our English translation is fine. It gets us, don't worry about anything. But I really like the way that it, it kind of works in my mind. In nothing, be anxious. So here you have nothing. So we'll put that over here. Here's our, our nothing category. You see that there on the outline in your bullet. You get nothing. And in nothing, we are to be anxious. And then you have the everything category. And, and in everything, what does it say? We are to do what? We just read it twice. We are to do what? Pray. There you go. I know you. It's, it's early, okay? But here we go. We don't have any coffee on, you know, we'll put it some IV drip. In everything, we are 
to pray. So we'll put everything over here. Now, if, if you're like me, these things are about as far apart as they can get. In nothing I'm to worry, and in everything I am to pray. Where our worry is supposed to be is over here. Over in the nothing category. In nothing... Worry. Now, I could stop right there and call for an invitation, and everybody would have to come down front and pray. Because we all need to repent. Because how often is it that in nothing we worry? That word worry there, that word anxious, means several, several different ways to say it, but... But it talks about turbulence. You ever been on an airplane and you experience turbulence? Anybody, anybody been there? Scares you to death, doesn't it? Hey, it's been a while since I've flown on an airplane, but I tell you what, one of the things that, that really gets me the most, now I, I, I like the takeoff. I think that's pretty neat. Uh, the landing here, you know, okay, good ones for all wheels are on the ground. But it's midair and the turbulence. And you see the wings, I'm like, that's not really supposed to happen. It's not a bird. It doesn't flap. It's not supposed to happen. Turbulence in the air, that's what anxiety can be defined as. In your life, you have experienced great turbulence where your airplane seems to shake and it seems to drop and go up and you're not really sure how to handle it. It can also be defined as being distressed and under pressure. And isn't that the source of a lot of our worry? I've got some things that are going wrong. I'm under some pressure. There's, there's things that are distressing me. It, it also means to be unsettled and overburdened. Nothing seems to be exactly the way it needs to be. Not everything is in its place, and I've got too much on me. It causes anxiety, which can lead to another definition for it, despair and apprehension. Uh, one, that, one that I like is, is to be pulled in different directions. That's what anxiety feels like, and that's another way that it can be defined. To be pulled back and forth. You think about pacing the floor. What are we doing? We're being pulled in different directions. Our mind's all over the place, and that's where our worry gets us. Now, the truth is, what we hope to get from our worry is peace. Let's be honest. If we didn't think that our worry would accomplish something, we wouldn't do it. We're not stupid. At least I don't think that most of us are. We're not stupid. If we didn't think it was accomplishing something, we wouldn't do it. We'd stop. But we really believe that our worry will get us something. We believe our worry eventually will lead us to what we want, which is peace and that settled feeling. We want freedom. We want solutions. But the problem is that Jesus himself told us in Matthew chapter 6 that our worry solves nothing. And it gets us nothing. He even said it. He said, who of you by worrying can add a single inch to your height? I'd love to be able to do that. Or, or maybe a few extra hairs somewhere on my height. I've outgrown my hair, I suppose, is what, what's happening in a lot of ways. How many of you can add a single day to your life by worrying? Jesus said to himself, worry doesn't solve anything, and it gets you nothing. And yet we are convinced, convinced that it's going to accomplish something for us. Or else every one of us would drop it and move forward. We are convinced that worry will do something for us. But what it really makes us do is spend every waking hour trying to come up with some solution to the problem. Isn't that true? It, it, it drives us crazy to the point where there's got to be some way to figure this out. If I could only come up with a solution, if I could only manipulate the circumstances and the people involved, then I'd find the peace that I'm looking for. You see what worry does? It makes you a schemer and a manipulator. I'd never admit that, but that's exactly what it does. 
It also causes us to ignore the truth that those people in those circumstances are pretty much out of our control anyway. You can worry, you can try, you can manipulate, you can position yourself all you want. But isn't it true that circumstances don't likely change because you worry about them and people sure don't change just because you worry about them. What worry actually gets us, of course, as you well know, is just a bunch of headaches, literally. It can lead to physical problems like ulcers and neck and back pain and certainly fatigue and an inability to make good decisions. It leads to indigestion and stomach issues and and really, in a spiritual sense, it also leads us away from joy and away from peace, the things that we so desperately desire. Now, I know there's a difference between worry and just genuine concern. So this morning, I'm not talking about some mindless activity that you just don't pay attention to circumstances anymore. That you say, well, there's really nothing to worry about or nothing to be concerned about here because everything's good. Just don't worry. Be happy. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I'm talking about is the choice that must be made to obey the command of God in the midst of something that could worry you and to say, I will in nothing worry. In nothing we are to experience that turbulence. In nothing we are to experience that distressing feeling. But most of the time, what do we do? We carry our worry with us over here. Worrying in nothing is really far away. We just take our worry into everything. And that's where we hang out with it. And our worry goes back and forth. And we know. We know we should worry in nothing. I know. The preacher said it Sunday. I mean, I know. But you know what? It's Monday. <laughs> Sunday, you know, okay, next Sunday I'll... <laughs> and then Monday happens. I mean, doesn't it? Isn't that the way it goes? I mean, tomorrow's Monday. You realize that. Some of you are already worried. I mean, you just carry, just come on. We're going to stand right over here again. Isn't it true? We look at what God has said. We look at who He is. We look at what we really know. And we take our worry to the everything category. But imagine, for just a second, imagine what it would feel like in your life to be free from that anxiety, to be free from that worry, those sleepless nights, the physical problems that have resulted from it all, to have the wasted time and energy back and directed towards something that's productive and enjoyable. Just imagine for a second. In nothing, worry. Really? In nothing? That's what God said. In nothing, worry. I mean, don't you know how serious this problem is? Don't you know what might or might not happen? Don't you understand what's on the line here? Don't you understand, really, that my whole identity is wrapped up in worrying about this? I mean, that's all that I do. In nothing, Worry? Really? And nothing? Don't worry about anything, it says in verse 6. You know, it's a command in Scripture. I want you to make sure you understand that. And we have to view it as a command from God, not just from Paul, because it's obviously not just Paul writing something off the top of his head. He would write in 2 Timothy that all Scripture is inspired by God. It comes from Him. And so we have to view this as a command from God, not a suggestion but a command, not just good advice. Certainly it's good advice not to worry. That song is great advice. Don't worry, be happy. Wonderful advice. Doesn't work, but it's wonderful advice. 
Don't worry, be happy. This is not just good advice. This is a command. In nothing, be anxious. In nothing, worry. But I love the fact that the command is not just against worrying, as if we can manufacture some lack of anxiety in and of ourselves. We can't do it. I could tell you all day long. Take your worry over here to the nothing category and walk away. And as I just told you, tomorrow's Monday. And all those things are going to happen again. This isn't just, well, don't worry. We can't manufacture that in and of ourselves. Our sinful and selfish natures won't allow us to do it. So it's, it's really not enough to say stop worrying. Just suck it up and move forward. That's not it. It's a choice today to leave our worry over here in the nothing category, but then to replace it with something else instead, as we see in the second part of verse 6. Don't worry about anything, but what? In everything, pray. In everything, pray. Talk to God. Plead with Him. Petition. With thanksgiving. Telling Him how grateful you are for just who He is and what He's done. And it says, let your request be made known to God. That word request just means anything and everything. Anything and everything. Sometimes, isn't it true, we think our prayers should be limited? Maybe just to saying thanks for a meal or something along those lines. Anything and everything. Let your requests be made known to God. In whatever you encounter, in whatever happens to you, whatever goes on inside of you or outside of you, Whatever your choices are that you've been making or you have to make, your habits, your relationships, your future, your money, your job, your purpose, your goals, whatever it may be, in everything, pray. In everything that normally causes worry, pray. I think that's really the point Paul is making. In everything that you would normally worry about, pray. In many cases, though, what do we do? We take this one and we lay it down over here. And we move this one over here and we leave it. And we wind up with a life that in nothing do we pray and in everything we worry. And we wonder why we are the way we are. I say we because obviously I told you I don't want to preach this sermon anyway. I'd rather not have to address this stuff in my own life. Isn't this the way that it a lot, a lot of times goes? You, you see there on your outline, you've got two little blanks. Now you can write it just as it's written, as Austin has pulled it up on the screen for us there with, in nothing worry, and in everything pray. But honestly, I left them blank just because I didn't know where you need to put it. Or maybe you need to draw some lines, or... Erase something. I don't know. But I think a lot of times this is what we get. We, we lay the prayer card down in nothing. And we lay the worry card down in everything. Or you say, no, 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 no I'm, not, I'm not that much of a sinner. What I do is I sort of just figure out what really is nothing. And so then I'll, I'm not going to worry about those. I'll you know, pray about those. That's really nothing. And then, you know, something that's kind of big. Okay, then I maybe, or maybe I kind of hover in the middle. And, and there's some prayer, and then there's some worry, and there's some prayer, and some more worry. And, you know, I'm just kind of, it, it just depends on the situation. My response depends on whether this is a big deal or not a big deal. I want you to be honest for just a second. They're on your bulletin outline where do you need to put the worry and where do you need to put the prayer? If you're honest, 
Does pray need to go under the end nothing right now for you? And this isn't between you and me. This is between you and God. This isn't for you to show. I'm not going to make you raise your hand. I just, I think it's worth evaluating. Where do you need to put it? Does your pray card go a little toward the nothing? And worry more toward the everything? Or is it a combination? Is it somewhere in the middle? You know, I, I pray about some things, but I worry about some things. I worry about some things and pray about some others. But I want you to know that when we get it, In the biblical order, when we, as Paul says, in nothing worry, and we, when when we in everything pray, there's something amazing that happens. And it seems to have been hiding at the bottom the whole time. Paul says the peace of God. It's not uncovered until we pray. It's not that God is trying to keep it from us. It's just that we cannot accomplish it through any other means but Him. He says, in nothing worry, in everything pray, verse 7, and the peace of God, which is what we've been looking for the whole time. Think about pacing back and forth, worrying about everything. What are you searching for? What do you hope it will lead to? The peace of God. That word peace means freedom from inner turmoil and anxiety. It means a state of harmony. It means to be undisturbed. One translation that I saw put it as to sit down in your heart. Think about that mind picture for a second. Your heart just sitting down. It's peace that we seek and it's peace that we find only through prayer. Time spent with Jesus. And that peace, Paul says, surpasses, it goes beyond, it controls, it directs, it's in charge of every thought. It goes beyond what we can fully understand. You ever seen somebody like that? This isn't mindless, this isn't meditation where you empty your mind. This is filling your mind with the things of God, and the peace of God then surrounds you, and it's something you can't even fully understand. But it's more than a warm feeling, which I like. It's not just, well, those circumstances are gone, and I just, you know, if they can't see me, I can't see them kind of thing or whatever. It says that peace, in verse 7, will guard your hearts and minds. It goes further than just a warm feeling. There's, There's a protection about it for your inner person. That's your heart, who you really are, and for your mind, where you where you think. What does it guard us from? Well, it guards us from the devastating effects of worry on our minds, on our hearts, on our faith, on our bodies, on our relationships, on our futures. It guards us from all of those things. Eventually, what it does when we begin to replace prayer, or worry rather, with prayer, is it changes us from the inside out. Instead of turbulence, we have peace. Instead of turmoil and distress, we have freedom. That's what prayer does in the midst of the things that normally worry us. You realize that worry will lead you to either implode or explode. I'm, I'm convinced there are really two types of people in the world, those who implode and those who explode. When stressful things happen, I happen to be one who's more of an imploder. Very rarely do I allow myself to explode. It's not pretty. You remember uh, the old uh, Incredible Hulk uh, shows? 
you know David Banner, the scientist, you know, and all of a sudden something would happen. He'd get, you know, really mad, and you see his eyes, you know, you just... You know, I, I implode, so I don't do that. You know, and then all of a sudden, Lou Ferrigno. Of course, I would, you know, I would take that. I mean, I would take Lou Ferrigno if I, you know. But, but he comes on the scene and he just tears everything up. You know, isn't it true that, that that's kind of the way it is? We have a lot of imploders, and I'm sure we have a lot of exploders. That's what worry and stress will do to you. It will either make you collapse on yourself or collapse and explode onto everybody else. But prayer in the midst of worry, leads to stability. It it leads to protection and strength in anything and everything. And it's through prayer that we find what our hearts and minds have so desired all along. Peace. Not just a warm feeling, but peace that goes far beyond and surrounds us and we can't even fully explain it or even understand it. But it's wrapped up in, it's hidden behind, it's only found in prayer. You will never, ever find peace over here. You can keep going. You can dismiss everything that I've told you this morning. That's fine. But you'll never find what you're looking for over here. Ever. I I wish I could tell you otherwise. I mean, I really do. I wish worry did something because I like to worry. I like it. Makes me feel like I got something. I get something to do. I'm in control. I like it. I'm good at worrying because I, you know, I like to rehash the same old stuff over and over. I tell the same old stories and worry about it. And I, I love to analyze things. And I'm telling you what, when it comes to problems and issues, why I can tell you every different angle and what needs to happen and so on. And all I do is drive myself nuts. To be honest with you, where you'll find it. And only where you'll find it is there. It's almost uh, as if when Paul wrote this, you can hear him say in church, just like we sang, in everything, just take it to the Lord in prayer. I know what you're thinking. Well, that's easier said than done. And I just want to say to you, no, it's not. It's not. If God has commanded, if God has used, if, if that's his avenue for peace and for connecting with him, then it's not easier said than done. Finding peace through prayer is not easier said than done. Finding peace through worry is impossible. Impossibly easier said than done. Because God said it, you can know that it is effective. That it's what he wants for you. It's not, well, in, in a last case kind of thing, you know, maybe as a last resort, okay, I'll pray. Paul says, in nothing be anxious and in everything pray. First resort, first option, first thought every single time. He's telling them, church, just take it to the Lord in prayer. In other words, if I can put it in words that maybe we can remember and understand this week, stop pacing the floor And get on your knees. Stop pacing the floor and get on your knees. I honestly hope that like it has for me this week, this punches you right in the mouth. I really, really do. I think this in most of our lives is where the rubber meets the road. Who do we trust? We trust ourselves and our worry and our scheming and our manipulation or we trust God. There's only two options. 
That's it. There's no middle ground. You either trust God or you don't. And that's what, that's what it's hit me with this week. And like I said, you may see that may sound very forceful to you, but I really hope it does, just like it did me all week long. I had several things. You know, it's interesting every time that that I go to prepare a sermon. Uh, you know, I, I really, I guess, I kind of wish that as I prepare a sermon, I could just kind of escape the the meaning of it. You know, I just that'd be nice. I just wouldn't have to deal with that. Or, or that, that that maybe after the sermon, okay, then I'd have to apply some things. This week, I had a mountain of stuff that I was worried about. And all the time, just thinking, okay, I got to preach on worry. You know, nice job, you know. But I, it boy it struck me right between the eyes. Every time I would go back to it, I think this is so crucial in our lives. I really, really do. There's so many things. I mean, you could make a list. If I had you make a list under worry, I, I mean, I'd have to give you a whole, you know, 500 pages. You know, here's your case of paper. You know, go make your list. I think this is so huge. And so, so this week, let, let me just ask you for a week just to try it. Imagine what it would feel like to sit down in your heart, to be calm, to be free from that inner turmoil that torments you, to put down the worry in nothing over there, that's where it goes, and to put down the prayer in everything. Honestly, for seven days, you can do anything for seven days. I went to Disney World for eight days. You can pray for seven days, all right? For seven days, today through Saturday, would you give it a shot? Would you trust God to say, all right, in nothing will I spend time worrying, and in everything will I spend time praying? Seven days. Seven days will you stop pacing the floor and get on your knees, and then get up and don't pace the floor. Not both and. Understand, this is either or. And one last thing that I want to share with you. The last three words that Paul wrote in verse 7. In Christ Jesus. I can tell you all day long, just pray. Just talk to whatever might be out there. Paul, I love it. His whole letter is in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. He says, the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you this. There is no peace apart from Christ Jesus. There is no peace. Search all you want. Pray all you want. But there is no peace apart from being in Christ Jesus. He is the peacemaker between us and God. Understand this. That apart from being in Christ Jesus, we stand as enemies of God, at war with Him. Not at peace, at war. Well, so I don't have anything against God. Until you look at your sin. And you say, well, I kind of like God. Until you look at your sin. And all of us, the Bible says, myself, you, everybody here, everybody that has ever existed has sinned and fallen short of God's absolute standard of perfection. And it's only in Christ Jesus that we can be made at peace with God. Not our own effort, not just stopping worrying and praying a little bit. It's only in Christ Jesus. Don't miss those last three words. 
Because it's all for nothing if you are not in Christ Jesus. Because if you are not in Christ Jesus, you are still at war with God and you will never have peace with Him, nor will you have His peace to guard your heart and your mind. It's impossible. You're just trying on your own. You say, how do I do that? (laughs) What needs to happen for me to be in Christ Jesus? The Bible makes it very simple and very clear. uses words like surrender, repentance, and ultimately faith. Trusting Jesus alone for salvation. Trusting Him alone and in the sufficiency of His death on the cross to be what pays for our sins. And through repentance, surrender, we place our faith in Jesus Christ. And we die to ourselves. It is a death of us so that He may live through us. In Christ Jesus, that's only when you find peace between you and God and peace from Him that will guard your heart and mind. In nothing worry, in everything pray, but the foundation must always be in Christ Jesus. Today may be the day for some here who maybe have been playing along for a long time. I don't know. It's easy to play a Christian game. But maybe today you realize for the very first time, I am not in Christ Jesus. And today is the day of my surrender. Today is the day of my faith in Him. That's my prayer each week. I want you to know that. My prayer each week is, Lord, save souls. Don't let us get away without an encounter with you. I'm not convinced that everybody's saved. (laughs) I'm not convinced that everybody knows Jesus. I don't care how often you're in church. That's my prayer. And for those who already have experienced that, who have already become in Christ Jesus, my prayer is that you will stop pacing the floor. And get on your knees. In just a few moments, I want to extend the invitation for you to start now. To start now. And the floor maybe that you need to pace is only the one down the aisle. And right here to everybody, you say, in front of everybody. Yeah. To say, I am laying down the worry. It's going over here in the nothing category. And I'm moving over here to the everything and I'm going to pray. I hope you'll be bold enough and trust God enough to do it. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you have provided for us to first be at peace with you. That you provided the only means possible. That you looked past our sin and you looked through us and saw we were incapable, and so you did it yourself. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your death and your resurrection, for the peace you made possible between us and God. And Lord, we thank you also for the peace that will guard our hearts in Christ Jesus as we pray. So this morning, that's that's our commitment, to follow you, to pray, to surrender it all. Give us boldness in Jesus' name.